Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 16 The Green City of Emerald Dorothy and Mister approached the city while the day was still young. The large green wall that surrounded it was brighter and taller than she had imagined it to be when she first laid eyes on it. They found themselves standing at a large black door. In the center of the door was a large round green knocker and above the knocker were two horizontal slots. Dorothy looked at it curiously, then looked at Mr., who only gestured toward the door for her to knock. It was her quest, after all, and he surely would not be able to lift it anyway. Dorothy looked at the knocker and put her hands to it. It was about eye-level and heavy enough to require both hands to lift. She hardly raised it before accidentally letting it fall and even though she hardly moved it, it still made a loud, booming noise as it hit the door. Shook! The top slot in the door opened. A pair of beady green eyes looked out. They looked Dorothy up and down before looking beyond her at Mr., who stared back at them blankly. Shook! The top closed. Shook! The bottom slot opened, revealing a set of grinning green lips with greenish teeth. "'What do you want?' asked the mouth. It was a strange voice, throaty and gruff, but not particularly deep. Dorothy stepped up. "'I'm here to see the wizard,' she said assertively. "'Oh,' replied the mouth. "'The wizard is a busy man. "'No time for your kind.' Shook, closed. Dorothy was perplexed and annoyed. "'Her kind?' Women? Outsiders. Non-munchkins? Or just outside non-munchkin women, maybe? She did not really know what to think. She just naturally assumed she would meet with, or at least see the wizard once she made it this far. It had honestly never crossed her mind that she would be turned away from the city. At least, not so quickly, anyway. She looked back at Mr., who only shrugged as if to say... Well, what are you going to do? She turned back to the door and raised the knocker again. Shook, eyes opened. Shook, eyes closed. Shook, mouth opened. What do you want? Asked the lips once again, this time frustration filling the voice. Dorothy piped up. I want, she exclaimed with perfect diction, to see the goddamned wizard. And he has no time for you. Shh, the slot closed halfway. Don't you dare close that. Don't you fucking dare. The slot in the door slowly moved back to completely open. You listen here. I have killed Mombi, the wicked witch of the east, survived an ogre, a giant man-eating tree a lion attack, and deadly goddamned flowers. 
I've been relentlessly tormented by an insane metal lumberjack. Because that's a real thing. I've seen innocent people murdered, slept in a haunted house, and squeezed through a canyon so goddamn tight my tits still fucking hurt. You tell that wizard, she gestured air quotes with her hands for wizard, that he is going to make fucking time for me. She was screaming at the top of her lungs by the time she was done. And now she was breathing heavily and all but foaming at the mouth. Shook. Closed. After a few minutes of frustrated silence, the door slowly raised up as it opened, granting them entrance to the city. It made a loud rumbling noise that Dorothy always thought only existed in the fantasy world of movies and video games. The ground shook and vibrated beneath her feet as she took a deep breath of relief. She confidently stepped inside. What the hell is this? she asked at the sudden revelation that this was not the green city she was expecting. The walls were ivory white, and everything inside of them was white, with the exception of a normal human-sized red door. Entrance to the entrance of the city, said the strangely ugly munchkin as he pulled a lever, and the large door came back down once again, sealing them in. He was the same size as the average munchkin. His skin was scabby and scaly with dry cracks that looked like they must be painful. No wonder you're so cranky, said Dorothy as she watched him climb down a scaffold that allowed him to operate the slots in the door. He sneered at her and walked over to a white chest. He pulled out two strange clamps of sorts with very distinct lenses. Goggles? asked Dorothy. The ugly munchkin walked up to her, her chest at his eye level. He smiled and took in the view for a moment before saying anything. You might want to lower yourself, for your sake, or at the very least wear something a little more revealing. For my sake. He laughed a sick, perverted laugh. Asshole. Dorothy muttered as she stepped back and knelt down. He placed the clamp around her head and snapped it shut with the force and sound of a mousetrap. Ouch, fucker! She cried. The munchkin only laughed again as he turned to mister with the other clamp. The whole world became dark. Wearing the goggles was like wearing welder's glass. Two things to tell you about those goggles, said the munchkin looking at the visitors. First... Nothing is forever, and the pain those things cause right there, he tapped the bridge of Dorothy's nose between the eyes, will pass. Second, there's no way to get them off without the key, so don't even bother trying. Third, I thought you said there were only two things about the glasses, Dorothy pointed out. The ugly munchkin just sneered at her again. Third, he continued, the first thing I said was a lie. <laughs> they always hurt like a bitch. I can't see anything through them, said Dorothy. I think they might be too dark. Trust me, you'll be fine, replied the munchkin as he opened the red door and shoved them through. 
Once they were on the other side of the red door, they were met by another munchkin, who promptly inserted a small cog with a little handle into the sides of their glasses. He gave it a small turn, and everything became clear. Everything was bright, and everything was green. Even Dorothy's pale skin appeared to have a slight green hue to it within the walls of the city. The two travelers were escorted to the green palace via horse and carriage. The main road had no turns in it, no left turns, no right turns, no ups and downs. Instead, it was one long, gentle curve spiraling into the center. There were roads, however, but they were more like small alleyways that branched out from the main drag, running deeper into the city. But the carriage stayed on the main street. It was much like Dorothy had always imagined Detroit to be like, a large city that was once host to a large amount of hustle and bustle, but was no longer in its prime. Munchkins here and there watched in awe as the strange, now legendary travelers rode through, like royalty on parade. Eventually, they found themselves at the entrance of the Green Palace, which was not so much a palace, but more of a large spire. It reached clear into the sky like a large, twisted green spike. It rose so high above the city that standing beside it, they could not see the top. They were greeted by a munchkin in a vaguely fascist-looking uniform. It actually resembled uniforms Dorothy had seen pictures of in history books from Nazi Germany. It did not have any swastikas or skulls on it, but it still had a strange totalitarian look to it. The munchkin led them through the palace, long winding halls, lefts and rights, ups and downs, all the while explaining to them how things would be playing out during their stay. The wizard has agreed to see you, one at a time, and only one a day. While you are here, you will find all the amenities and accommodations to suit your needs. He spoke frankly and in short words that sounded almost cut off at times. Dorothy and Mister were led to separate but nearly identical rooms, beautifully large open-spaced suites, a bath full of water so hot that the steam rose from it, and a giant bed, a giant open walk-in closet full of clothes, men's for Mister and women's for Dorothy, covered most of a single wall. The other walls were almost entirely lined with books. A grand table sat in the center of the room, and it was full of food, cheeses and crackers, meats, bottles of wine, and a large roasted bird of sorts. The Munchkin soldier waited for Dorothy to take it all in before continuing his spiel on the palace. She turned back to her guide. "Is this all for me?" she asked. The Munchkin nodded. "I." can eat any of this food, she said, running to the table and eating a grape, half expecting to be stopped. The munchkin just nodded. <laughs> I can wear anything in this closet. She ran to the closet and pulled out several elegant dresses one by one. The munchkin nodded again. Sorry, this, this all just seems too good to be true. I mean... I haven't had a lot of good experiences in Oz, and, well, it just seems too good to be true. If you need anything, continued the munchkin, now standing by the door, 
Just ring this bell. He pointed to a small bell on the wall beside him. Someone will be up to assist you immediately. He nodded his head and left Dorothy to her own devices. She nibbled on some of the food. It was the most delicious food she had ever eaten. She did not know if it was that good, or if it just seemed that way, because it had been so long since she had eaten anything of real sustenance. She wandered through the room, ran her hands over the silk gowns and dresses in the closet, and changed out of her dirty clothes and into a green nightgown. It was so sheer that it was almost certainly transparent in a certain light, but it was so soft and comfortable that she did not care. She walked over to the bell and rang it. Two plump munchkin women showed up at her door. Could you take my clothes and give them a good wash? asked Dorothy. I mean, if it's not too much trouble. She held her clothes out and the women gladly accepted the chore, and let her know they would return in the morning with them. She wandered through the room a bit more, running a finger over the bookcase full of books with strange titles. The titles she couldn't quite pronounce, and titles that were spelled with some foreign alphabet. She picked one at random and pulled it off the shelf. Thumbing through the pages, she found a shocking surprise. Every page had elaborately detailed drawings of pornographic images. Some pages were munchkins, while some pages were regular human-sized people. Some were men and men and women, while others were women and women and men, and even men and women and men, and men and men and women, munchkin and regular. Every page depicted strange sexual acts and positions, once it really hit her and she realized what she was looking at, she snapped the book shut and placed it back on the shelf as she felt her face begin to warm with a blush. She turned and looked at the bath and watched as the steam rose from it for a few seconds. <sighs> well, don't mind if I do, she said as she began walking toward the tub. She stopped about halfway to it and momentarily thought to herself, Giving a light shrug, she turned and grabbed the book from the shelf. Letting the robe fall to the floor, she sunk into the hot bath. The stress and the filth and the sweat and the tears melted away. For the first time since she had arrived in this foreign land, she felt safe and comfortable. Mister found his room to be much more than any scarecrow would ever need, but was unfortunately windowless. He sat down at the edge of the bed and stared blankly ahead for the night and the following day.